Hello and God bless you today from Carlsbad, New Mexico. You are listening to a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message today, and we'd love to hear from you. If anything in this message has touched you, you have a prayer request, or just want to reach out, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash New Song Carlsbad NM. You can also mail us at Post Office Box 761, Carlsbad, New Mexico, zip code 88221. Please enjoy this message and have a very blessed day. It's amazing to see God's wisdom coming out of every book of the Bible. I've entitled this message, The Wisdom of Proverbs, and I'm going to read several verses out of this book, and it's very important to me today that you tune in to what God is saying. If you'll do that, if you will apply the wisdom that's in this book to your life, it'll change your life for the good. It'll make you a better, a better mother, a better father, a better wife, a better husband. There's tremendous wisdom in this book. Now let's just go to chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. Now remember Solomon, son of David, uh, known for his wisdom. One day uh, God came to him and said, Solomon, I'll give you anything you want. In other words, I, I can give you, I can make you the richest man in, that's ever lived. I, I'll give you anything you want. Solomon didn't ask for any of that. He asked for wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom, God made him the richest man who ever lived. But think about that for a moment. Why would he want wisdom? Because he was the ruler of a special people, and he wanted the ability to be able to rule them with wisdom, love, care, and concern. And so God honored that. The son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear, and now watch this, a wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels, to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord, now watch this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Did you get that? I don't know how to say this to you so you can understand it, but I'm afraid of God. Not in the sense that uh, I don't know that he's my father and that he would pick me up Uh, and hold me if I was going through something. That's not what I'm talking about. I fear him because of who he is. And I want to honor him. I want to worship him. I want him to be strong in my life. I want to obey him. And can I be honest with you? Sometimes I don't. And sometimes you don't either. Listen, the more you put God first, the more you cry out to him and say, God, 
I want to obey you. I want you to talk to me. I want to know uh, the ways that you have set up for man uh, to rule and reign on this planet. I want to understand. I want to be a man of faith. I want to be a man of God, a woman of God. God will bless that, and he will bless you. And God's looking for people like that. One day, uh, somebody came and asked me, well, there's nine gifts of the Spirit. Which one did you ask for? I said, I asked for all of them. You know what he said to me? Well, you're kind of selfish, aren't you? Look at me. God is looking for people who want all of it, all of the gifts, all of the power, to be able to, uh, to properly guide and direct God's sheep. Are you one of those? Are you one of those? Because God's looking for you if you are. Some people, they want to go to heaven. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but not a whole lot of people want to obey God and listen to God and do what he says. Sometimes, listen to this. Here's some wisdom. Sometimes God will appear like he has forsaken you. He'll, he'll seem to have disappeared from your life. But how, how else would you know how far you've come with God if God didn't do that once in a while? Listen, you've got to be able to stand up on your own two feet. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He'll always be there. But he's trying to make you strong. Strong about what? First thing is he wants to make you strong against your enemy. There is an enemy, Satan. He hates you. And you know why he hates you? Because you love the Lord. That's the only reason that he has. As far as he's concerned, that's the only re reason that he needs. But you, look at your neighbor and say, you, you, Pam, you have absolute authority over the enemy. Not a little bit, absolute. And if the enemy is uh, on your case, if, if he's... And by the way, the only weapon he has to use against you is lies. He will lie to you and tell you, I'm going to kill your children. I'm going to destroy your marriage. I'm going to blow up your house, whatever. You don't have to walk in that nor receive it. You say, Satan, you're a liar, and the truth is not in you. I rebuke you. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over myself and my family, and you get away from me in Jesus' name. Amen? And he has to do it particularly when you use that power word, the blood, the blood. It's the powers in the blood. Oh, man. You see, look at me. God didn't just save you. He empowered you to the point, now listen, to the point that when you went down and got on that cushion or you knelt down by your bed or wherever you did it and you asked the Lord to come into your heart, God actually entered your body and possessed you. This is not demon possession. This is God possession. And he did that through the form of the Holy Spirit. Remember, there's only how many gods? One. There's one God who manifests himself three different ways. He is the Father, he is the Son, and he is the Holy Spirit. And when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, Eric, he, God did that. And he, listen, he came to you bearing gifts. He came to you bearing gifts. He came to you with great power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power. 
after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power to do what? Rob banks? No, power to minister to God's sheep. Power to lead somebody to salvation. Power to pray for someone, lay hands on them, and watch God heal them right before your very eyes. How many of you have had that experience? Really, you, you prayed for somebody and God healed them. You, you need to pray and say, God, can you do that in my life? I want to see it happen. There have been three people raised from the dead in my ministry, and I don't take that lightly. Did they really die? Yes, right in front of me. God is more powerful than death. Come on. God's more powerful than death. All right. Now, the fear of the Lord, let's look back at verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of the father, and forsake not the law of your mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto uh, the head and chains around the neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood, let us uh, lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our house with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not in the, in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They, they lurk privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain and which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. Now I want you to turn to chapter 2. This chapter I'm about to read to you is one of the most powerful chapters on wisdom that God ever placed in this book. You've got to hear it. You've got to receive it. You've got to swallow it. You've got to get it inside of your very being. He says, my son, if, everybody say if. This is not a sure thing. If means there's something you've got to do. It's just like salvation was not just something Jesus did on the cross. You had an, a, a responsibility in your own salvation. Your responsibility was to say what? Yes. Yes. That's all you had to do. Yes, Lord. I receive what you did on the cross. I receive your blood. I receive you as my Savior. That was your part. And if you hadn't done that, you wouldn't have been saved. Amen. God gave you an opportunity. And I hope and pray that all of you took it. He says, My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yea, if you cry after, now watch this, if you will cry after knowledge and lift up the voice for understanding, 
if you seek her as silver and searches for her as for hidden treasures, then shall you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keeps the paths of judgment and preserves the way of his saints. Then shall you understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. How many of you remember when you were in school? You know, I had a, I loved English. I, I excelled at that, became an English teacher. But I wasn't real good at math. And it wasn't because I was dumb. I just didn't like it. So I didn't apply myself to any uh, class I had in math. I just kind of was trying to stay awake. That's what he's talking about here. You've got to apply your, it's your act of, of will. I'm going, and I, I noticed, by the way, in those classes that the ones that did great in math were the ones that were constantly looking up things in their math book, and they were, you know, they were really uh, after it. They were listening. They were on the edge of their seat listening to what that instructor was teaching, watching everything that he wrote on the blackboard, and they were attentive. I was back there trying to just stay awake. Listen, if you will incline your ear, if you will hear the instruction of the Lord. And here's a big one. I wonder how many of you are really spending any time at all reading his word. Don't raise your hand, but I want you to think about it for a moment. Liz and I went to a, a conference years ago in Houston. If I got, said the guy's name, you'd remember it. I never can remember. Anyway, he, he, he made a challenge. There was like two or 3,000 people in that auditorium. He said, I want to challenge you if you'll accept it. I challenge you to read the Bible every day for five minutes. And boy, you could hear the people chuckling. Because now what's five minutes? I can do that standing on my head. I'm challenging you to read your Bible every day for five minutes. Now, I'm back there thinking about that, and I said, now, Lord, this ought to be easy. But, you know, sometimes I'm forgetful. So, Lord, I'll make a deal with you. If I, if I forget, you'll, I want you to remind me because I don't want to miss five minutes every day. That's not very long. I remember one time I'd come in from doing something, and I was exhausted. And I went in there and got in bed, and, boy, it was nice and cozy. And, and I'm just about to drift off, and I hear this voice, John, John. Yeah, you haven't read the word yet for five minutes, and you told me to remind you. Well, did I really mean that? Yeah, you sounded like you did. So I reached over and got my Bible and flipped on the light. It was very difficult just to read the word for five minutes. It's a discipline, but it's a discipline that produces fruit. Because, listen, inside of this book is everything you need to live a successful life. Everything you need is in that book. Every answer that you need is in that book. I remember going from five minutes, and I thought I'd try to do ten minutes a day. 
that was very difficult. When you're a busy mom or, or whatever it is you're doing, it's, it's difficult to, to lay aside everything, you know, go hide yourself in the bathroom or the closet or somewhere, flip on the light and, and get in the Word. That's not easy to do. But let me, uh, let me just be honest with you. You still love me. Uh, if you're not disciplined, you won't do it anyway. It doesn't matter how easy God makes it. It has to be a decision that you make. Lord, I am going to read your word every day. I may not read it for an hour and a half, but I'm going to find something in there. I'm going to read for five minutes. Amen? And you know what? I noticed my life started changing. Oh, it was subtle. It was subtle. But things that I used to worry about, I found myself not worrying about them so much anymore. Uh, things that I, I, I was wondering whether or not God really loved me and is he going to keep his word and he's going to take care of me and protect me. And I began to realize that God had every intention of protecting me. He was my father. I was his son. And you know where I learned that? I learned it in the word. I learned about the power that God had given me in the word. I learned about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I learned about God's hope and aspirations for all of us to live in this unbelievable universe that he has created for eternity. And it's not just us sitting out on a cloud strumming a harp. We're going to have fun up there. It's going to be fun. Somebody, somebody say fun. Did you just have fun saying that? Okay. All right, where did I quit? <laughs> okay. Look at verse 10. When wisdom enters into your heart and knowledge is pleasant unto your soul, discretions shall preserve you. Understanding shall keep you to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things, who leaves the paths of uh, uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoices to do evil. And do you know that some people love to do evil things? I was watching a special on, on TV just the other day about these serial killers. And uh, you know, how many of you heard of the BTK killer? This guy worked for the city government in Wichita. He was uh, well-respected. He is also a killer. He would go out at night, late, late at night, he would slip, uh, uh, you know, tear up, open the screen with a knife, uh, click, somehow he clicked the door, and if it was locked, he got in the house. He would find, uh, and, and by the way, he didn't do this. He, he had been watching that house for weeks. He'd, he had planned his way of escape. He, he had planned what he was going to do when he got in there. He had planned and dreamed about what he was going to do with that woman when he finally got her under his control. Now, folks, that's evil. And finally... They caught him. The worst thing he did, now listen to this. He got into a house thinking that only the woman was there. He didn't realize that the whole family had come home to visit. And there was like, the only person that wasn't there was the father, her husband. All the kids were there. They were all there in the house. When he went in there, he, and he always killed these ladies. And sometimes he wore a mask and sometimes he didn't. This time he didn't because he thought she was in there alone. 
But when he got in the house, all of these people saw his face. You know what he did? He killed every single one of them. And he loved it. He relished in it. It was evil. I, I, the only thing I can think of is it had something to do with control. Controlling people's lives. Doing something to them that you knew was evil, but you're going to do it anyway. Listen, God's got a better way than that. He loves you. He loves you. We've even had religious leaders who've gone down this path. How many of you remember Jim Jones? Out in California, had a church. Most of the people that he had in his church were on welfare. And, and every month when they got their check, uh, they didn't keep it. They brought it to him. And then he doled out what they needed. Finally, uh, he was forced to move his whole church down to Central America, Belize or somewhere like that. And, and, he had a, and they had a plan. If the authorities ever come to try to get us, we're, we've got uh, this poison that we're going to mix with Kool-Aid and we're all going to drink it, and we're all going to die. And that's exactly what they did. Just a few people short of a 1,000 people, including children, drank that poison, cyanide or whatever it was, and they all died. This guy was supposed to be religious. Listen, if you are in this room, and you ever hear me preaching something that you know is not in that word, that's evil, you get up and get out of here and don't you ever come back. Now, that's not what these Jim Jones types will tell you. They'll tell you that it doesn't matter what I do. You're supposed to just obey me. This David Koresh guy in 1993 down at, uh, in Texas came in. He had a, a group of people. They lived in a big farmhouse. They had church every night. He came in. Uh, they had their meeting, and while he was in there, he said, oh, I've got uh, news. Uh, the Lord spoke to me last night and told me that I was the Messiah. He also told me that he's going to repopulate the earth with my seed, not yours. So, men, from now on, you're not going to be sleeping with your wives. I'll be doing that. Also, your daughter's up to a certain age. Now, you know how many of those people got up and stormed out? None of them. He had them so brainwashed that they thought if they turned against him, they were turning against God. Now, what we're talking about here today is the devil. That's exactly what the devil does, trying to pull you into a place where you can lose your salvation and everything. But listen to me. God loves you. He loves you more than you could ever know. I'm worried about Israel. I'm worried about, actually, I'm worried about the Palestinians, too. The problem with the Palestinians is they're, they've, they've been taken by the throat by a false religion. It's a religion not of love and peace. It's a, a religion of death and evil. We need to pray for them. He's coming. Jesus is coming. He said the last thing will happen before I come is, the gospel will be preached throughout the world, and then the end will come. Amen? Oh, we're so close to that right now. Um, now, I want you to uh, look at uh, chapter 3, verse 5, very quickly. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. 
Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all the ways, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It should, now, there's a commandment. He says, you depart from evil. Fear the Lord and you depart from evil. You have to make a decision. Boy, is that hard for uh, high school kids. Hey, we got, a, we got two cases of beer out in the car, and we're skipping third period, and we're going to go out there and have a, oh, man, I don't know how many times we did that. Showed up back in fourth period, drunk as a skunk. Yeah, oh, yeah, it happened. You didn't think your old pastor would ever do that, did you? Well, your old pastor was a, was a <laughs> never mind. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to know. It wasn't good. But fortunately, I married a woman who straightened me out. Yeah, she did. You're what? Oh. Yeah, what's that thing you shoot people with and it shocks them? Yeah, that you got one of those too, don't you? Okay, uh, you're going to get yours later. Okay. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all things increase. So shall the bar your barns be filled with plenty and the presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord love, he loves, he corrects, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. Listen, you've heard me tell you don't ever slap your, your child whenever you're trying to uh, discipline them. That's what this is for. What's this called? A behind. But it could be called other things. Never mind. Now, that's the way God is. The shock to a lot of people is that God would even correct us. And how does he correct us? You know, there's a lot. I, I've uh, watched children in, in my life, and I notice that some children will respond to a spanking, but other children respond even more so if you take something away from them. A favorite video game. Uh, the right to watch TV for a week, something like that. Listen, God knows you better than you know yourself. And if things aren't going well, and you pretty ruled out, pretty well ruled out the devil, and you you know you figured out that God's trying to teach you something, in love, the best thing you can do is bow down before Him and say, Lord, I'm here. Teach me what you want me to know, and I will receive it. He'll change your entire life. That's how much he loves you. He'll change your entire life. Some of you in this room have gone through some unbelievable things in just the last year. I look at some of you. I know some things about some of you that nobody in church knows, and that's okay. It's safe with me. I just want you to know that we love you. If you're one of those people that has lost a, a mate, a child, your finances has your finances have cratered. There are people that love you. And the most important thing is God loves you. 
listen, God knows what you're going through, and he doesn't turn a deaf ear or a blind eye. He knows what you're going through, and he loves you and he cares. It's just that simple. Now, I want you to turn, and we're, we're getting close. Turn over to chapter 6. This is powerful. Get a hold of this. I mean, how many of you know that we never think of God as hating, but there are some things that God hates. He hates them. Look at chapter 6 of Proverbs, verse 16. These six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Can you imagine those serial killers we talked about standing before God on judgment day, the great white throne judgment, having to answer for shedding innocent blood, killing children, killing and raping women? Can you? I wouldn't want to be them in a million years. And For 30 minutes or an hour of, quote, evil pleasure, would it be worth it? To spend eternity in the lake of fire? I don't think so. And then he says, a heart that devise, devises wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaks lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. Boy, I remember the first time I found this scripture. It brought me under such conviction. But as a pastor, it was my job to take that scripture to the rest of the church and say, are you one of those people that likes to gossip about your pastor and his wife and uh, about somebody else in the church? And you hope nobody's listening when you do it. Well, listen, how many of you know God can hear every single thing you say? He can, can read your mind. And one of the things he hates is sowing discord among the brethren. Why, now, why would God hate that? Because one of the things that God's trying to do in this church is build a family. And I'll tell you what the devil did. He used uh, COVID-19 to, to destroy not just this church, but every church. That, uh, I have talked to pastors all over the place, in Mexico and other uh, states. And look at us. We were running over 100 and something people when that thing hit. And now look at us. But we're making a comeback. It's hard to build a church. It's hard to get people uh, to, to follow after the Lord. It's difficult. Some people don't come back to church. They're terrified. Even though there's the uh, immunizations and all of that, they're terrified that they might get it. They don't want to give it to their grandkids. I don't know how many uh, we counted the other day. I don't know how many uh, elderly people in our church who have not been back for over a year when this started because they don't want to catch this uh, disease and give it to their grandkids. I don't know how many I've, I've had them uh, tell me that very thing. Do you know God loves you? Thank you, Jesus. And then finally, I want you to look at Proverbs 31. I want all of you ladies to look at me. When God made you, when God made Eve, 
he knew that he was making a perfect gift for the man that he had already made. Adam came to God one day and said, you know, I'm kind of lonely. I notice that the other animals have companions. God, God might have said, well, I'm your companion. Yeah, but I, you know what I mean, Lord. God gave him a woman. He took a rib out of his side and made a woman, a wool man. I'm going to tell you, ladies, without any equivocations at all, you, your husband, he won't make it without you. The only reason I'm still here, and by the way, uh, next month, 50 years we've been married, June the 12th, 50 years. Yeah, I tried to sell her a couple of times, but I couldn't get rid of her, so yeah, yeah she was a child bride. Oh, she's going to get it tonight. Okay, now, let's look at, uh, if I can find it, Proverbs chapter 31. How did I get over here? I know this is it. Yep, here we go. Verse number 10. Now, stay with me. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the, the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard. She, she girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good. Her candle goes not out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes herself coverings of, of tapes, try, or tapestry, thank you. Uh, see how important she is? Uh, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen and sells it and delivers girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens... Her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. That's why when one of your kids falls outside and scrapes their knee and comes running, screaming into the house, they're sure not yelling for daddy. Are they? Mommy! 
Because she's the one that's soft. She's the one that's understanding. She's the one that holds you. She's the one that makes it all better. Now, there's a place for dad, too. We'll get to him next week. <laughs> she opens her mouth with wisdom, and in, her, in the, her tongue is the law of kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household and eats not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. But her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. My gosh. Close your eyes a minute. Lord Jesus. Lord, after reading a scripture like that and then thinking about what the Muslims do to their women, it grieves my heart. In their society, if there's been a, an adultery take place, the woman is always blamed. Even though it wouldn't be her fault, the man was at fault, but she's the one that gets the blame. She's the one that will be punished, sometimes with her own life. Father, we pray, pray for protection over those women. Lord, I pray for Israel out there in the middle of nowhere is a light on a hill. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just take a nice, slow, deep breath blow out with your mouth. One more time. Father, as we take these breaths, may we breathe in the love of Jesus. And may we breathe out that love to others that are hurting. Some in our own church, some in our own family some where uh, we work, some in the schools where our children go, in desperate need of love and concern. Father, as we go today, I'm praying that you will go with us, that we will carry you home to our house, that we will find a place this afternoon, bathroom, closet, I don't care where, and spend just five minutes with you. And listen to me. When you do this, don't start out by asking God for what you want. I want you to spend the first few minutes with God praising Him and worshiping Him because He is worthy. 
We're always quick to tell God what our needs are and what we want. What we should be doing is crying out to him about his love and mercy. So, Father, be with us as we go. In Jesus' name, uh, I dismiss you to the safety of your home. May God bless you. In Jesus' name, everybody set. God bless you. Don't forget, cookies have been, price has been dropped. And there's still plenty of them back there, so don't forget. This has been a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. If you wish to partner with us and support this ministry, you can give online at newsongcarlsbad.churchcenter.com forward slash giving. Your gift is tax deductible. Please share this broadcast with your friends and neighbors and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ all across the globe. May the Lord richly bless you.